So this morning, I do have something on my heart that I need to share, that I want to share. And it's something the Lord's been speaking to me out throughout the week. And I want to call it this. It's about the fullness of God. So I'm going to ask you guys a couple questions. I don't want you to answer me. This is just for your own. What is the fullness of God? What does the fullness of God look like? The next one is, how do I get it? <laughs> how do I get the fullness? And the other one I want to ask you is, once you have it, what do you do with it? The fullness, what do you do with it? So this morning, our key verses are going to be, um, I'm going to start my key verse, it's going to be out of Ephesians 3, and we're going to be out of verse 14 through 21. And for the sake of time, I'm going to try to go fast. I don't, I'm going to try to go really fast. But I really feel like this is a word that we need to hear this morning. Ephesians uh, 3, verse 14 through 21 says, For this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man. Verse 17, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love. Verse 18 says that may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, and the depth, and the height. To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness, let me take that back. You may be filled with all the fullness of God. Verse 20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. 21, to him be the glory in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. You see, if we live in the fullness of God, we will see the Ephesians 3 evident in our life. What we just read, we will see that evident in our lives. I'm going to give you an example. Verse 16 says that God would strengthen you. It says that He would grant you according to the riches of His glory to be strengthened with might through His Spirit and the inner man. So to be filled with the goodness, I mean, to be filled with the fullness of God, it, you have to walk in the strength of God. Verse 17 says that Christ may dwell in your hearts and through faith that you be rooted and grounded in love. The fullness of God means that Christ is dwelling in our hearts and that means that we're also being rooted I don't know if you know what, what rooted, man. It, when you're dealing with roots, that means you got some deep things that are going. To be rooted and grounded in love. Verse 17 says that we may have a strength to grasp the love of Christ. The fullness of God, you look like God. Have you ever met? Okay, hold on. I gotta be fast. 
Have you ever met those people that say, oh, I just love you. Oh, brother, I love you. And then you walk away. Man, I can't stand that guy. How can you say you love someone? Thank you, brother. How can you say you love somebody, but yet your character and your nature is total opposite of love? There's no way. There's no way. Verse 19 says that you would be filled with all the fullness of God. So what does that mean to be filled? The word fill, it's an action word. It's a verb. I don't get into all the, but I, just, this is, I process this way. I'm in my office and like the Lord just starts processing with me. He says, it's an action word. It's a verb. It's the act of being poured into. So the Lord is filling you. There's something that is happening to us. We're being poured into. It's the act of receiving. We're receiving the filling. You see, when, when I say receiving and, and doing, I'm not talking about a do-to-get mentality. You don't have to do nothing to receive what God has. It's already given to us. But we just have to step into the agreement to receive it. That's the biggest part. We disqualify ourselves from the fullness. I'm like, man, I felt myself repenting in my office. Like, God, I'm so sorry. God, help me. You know, because I'm like, help me be rooted and grounded. Help me to be wounded. Not wounded. No, Jesus, no. I don't want to be wounded. (laughs) Rooted and grounded. Rooted. (laughs) Make it, I'm going to make it simple. So, the way the Lord showed it to me. It's like when you got a car and you gotta, you're, you're running low on gas. You got to take it to the filling station. You go and you park your car and then you got it. You, you see, it's the same thing in the spirit. In the natural, you have to go and position the car. In the natural, you have to position yourself to receive the filling. The Lord wants to fill you. But some of us are over here saying, no, 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 no. Come on, I'm that guy. I'll ride around on E forever. (laughs) It's like ding, 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 ding. The car's coughing and I'm still on E. And God is like, if you position yourself here, you can get the gas. But if you don't, you're going to run out on the bridge. (laughs) You'll run out of gas. (laughs) don't ask the stories (laughs) oh Craig no (laughs) but see being filled it's an action and it's a call to action. If you want to be filled, you got to step into the position. If you're hungry for the more, like, here I am, God. I want more. You'll come to church on a Thursday night. You really will. When they're saying there's an altar call to receive more, you'll run to the altar to get it. Uh, listen, nah, I'm not trying to step on toes, but listen, in the church that we live in now, it's like, oh, no, no, okay. no, I'm good, I'm good. 
It's true. You have to position yourself for the more. It's just that we would continually search and continually go after the more. So, not only is it an action, but the word filling and filled, it's attached to emotion. It's attached to an emotion. Mark 14, 19 says that you can be filled with sorrow. Matthew 21 talks about being filled with anger. See, there's an emotion attached to filled. Fill me up, God. Fill, right? <laughs> well, with what do you want to be filled? Acts 13 says you can be filled with jealousy. But, out of all of those motions, Acts 13.52 says this, and this is where the double blessing comes. It says that you can be filled with joy. <laughs> and in the other translation, it says to continually be filled. That means when you're driving in your car and you run out of gas, Pull over, fill up, get more, go. Pull over, fill up, get more, go. Some believers want to walk around and drive around their car on empty, and they're saying, I don't know why I'm struggling. I don't know why my marriage is falling apart. I'm losing everything. Well, you're running around on empty. You're, you're not continuing yourself to be filled. Continue to be filled with joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. Amen. Come on, right? So, when the fullness of God is upon you, something happens. Something shifts. It does. Acts 7 says this. Verse 55 and 56. This is what happens right here. When the fullness of God is upon you, it says, but he being full of the Holy Spirit gazed into heaven and he saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. When you're full of God, of the fullness of God, the heavens open up. The glory of God becomes manifested. You can see. Come on, I don't know about you, but if you've ever been blind and see, whoo, you can see. The fullness of God gives you eyes to see. We pray that all the time. Lord, let us have eyes to see, ears to hear. No, you're saying, God, fill me up. That's what you're saying. Fill me up, God, that I, that I may have eyes to see. Acts uh, 7 says it. When you're full, you'll see Jesus. When you're full, you see the heavens open up. Okay, Jesus. Um, Colossians 2.9 says this. For in him, all of the fullness of deity dwells in bodily form. 
Come on. Here we go. To be filled with something is to be under its grip. This is what I'm about to say, okay? To be filled with something means that you are under its grip. To have that thing become a controlling influence of our actions or behavior. Ephesians 5.18 says, And do not be drunk with wine in which it's dissipation, but be filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example. <laughs> I'm just going to be real. Cause listen, I have a testimony, guys. And I... But how many of you guys have ever just been totally drunk and not under the glory? There's something about when you're drunk, you can't walk, you can't talk, you can't... Hey. What happens is, when I began to drink, that had a grip on me. And it began to control me. That's what this is about. It has, a, it has a grip on you. When you overeat and you say things like, come on, we've all done this, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm so full. <laughs> Says the big guy, right? right? <laughs> but you're so full. I'm so full. Oh, I can't eat another bite. You can't eat another bite. Why? Because the choice that we made that day was the controlling part and it had a grip on us. Smoking cigarettes, drinking alcohol, drugs, overeating, emotions. Whatever we feel will have a grip on us. So if we're filling ourselves with the Spirit of God, here I am, God, fill me. Then it has a grip on you. And when it grips you, it controls you and it influences you. Come on. Hmm. To be filled means you give control. And whatever you allow yourself to be filled with is what will control you and influence you. Listen, if you can grab that, that'll, tra that'll transform you. That's why. guys my size it's important that we have to get on a diet and change our lifestyle because if you don't that grips you and it'll control our lives and then diabetes comes and then this comes and heart attack comes and all those things come if you continue and don't make a change if you're having problems with alcohol marijuana cigarettes if you continue that means it's got a grip on you and that's controlling you. So, the word fullness, to be filled of God means, in the Greek it means, pleroma. That's the way you say it. Pleroma. Thank you, Pastor Jeff, for that. Pleroma. It means the controlling influence at a given moment, governing your feelings, your desires, 
your thoughts, your hopes, your relationships, your words, your actions, your reactions, your, your, your checkbook, your sadness, your loneliness, your righteousness, your everything, it controls you. You are to continue to walk in the Spirit. We should look like Jesus. So what does it look like? What does it look like to walk in the fullness? I'm going to give you a short answer. It looks like His power. His authority. It's heaven's natural reality. It's natural state of being. To walk in the fullness, it means you look like heaven here on earth. You're walking like heaven. Acts 5.15. I love this. Come on. Thank you, Michael, for that. You're doing a great job. The shadow of Peter. So that they brought the sick out into the streets and they laid on them laid them on beds and couches, and at least the shadow of Peter passing might fall on some of them. Listen, you want to walk in the fullness? His shadow healed the sick. That's the picture of the fullness of God. Pastor Jeff and I were in my office the other day. We were talking about what is the fullness of And then we started talking about the overflow. That's the overflow. He was so full that it had nowhere else to go that it bleached over into the shadow. Can you imagine? It's like you're so full, like, man, I can't give it to the shadow. <laughs> it's overflow. Man. Mm, Jesus. So if we look at that today, how do I, you know, people might say, well, that's, that's Peter. That was back in the days of Jesus. Yeah. We look at people like John G. Lake. For those that don't know who these names are, I ask you just write them down. Go look them up. Look up John G. Lake, one of the most powerful healing evangelists of this century. His life spanned to two continents Thousands upon thousands of conversions to Christ, healings and deliverances. He's the one that the, the, the ministry of the Spokane, the healing, rooms, the healing rooms were birthed out of. At one point in time, the city, I believe it was Spokane, the city of Spokane, Washington, was declared the healthiest city in the United States of America. The hospitals were emptied. They would go to the hospitals and lay their hands on the building and people would start walking out because they would get healed. That's the fullness. Of, that's the overflow. Ah, come on. Charles Finney. So full of the Lord that he would go to work in the factories and people in the factories would stop what they're doing and revival would break out and they would get healed right there, give their life to the Lord in the factories. Can you imagine waking up tomorrow, front page, the village reporter, Menards gets wrecked, revival! Man, Jonathan Edwards... Man, he would come into town, revival would come in, meetings. 
people that were in the bars. They would just be in the same city. And people that were in the bars and the nightclubs, they couldn't drink no more. Because the fullness of God came in the city. Mariah with Edder, the glory of the Lord would be, be felt 150 miles away. Can, I don't know how far 150 miles is, but it's a far distance. That's like Cleveland, right? Can you imagine? We're having service here, and if we were all manifesting in the fullness of God, people in Cleveland would be on the highway and there would be, whoa! What's happening? Whoa! There's a, rev- there's a move of God happening in Holiday City. 150 miles away. It's real. It happened. <laughs> That stirs me up, man. Oh, Lord. Okay, hold on. What do we got? got 20 more minutes. Can y'all give me 20 minutes, 15 minutes? Okay, listen. Holy Ghost. Let's turn to uh, 2 Kings. We look at the story of Elijah and Elisha. Both of these men were appointed by God. They were, they, were, they were servers with great faith and trust in the Lord. Elijah was carrying such a fullness of God. I mean, listen, can you imagine like when you die that the Lord would send the chariots of fire? You want to talk about honor? Chariots of fire. Elijah walked with such a fullness of God that when he passed, it says that the heavens opened up and a whirlwind came down and the chariots of fire came and took him up to be with the Lord. That's pretty powerful. So, let's turn to uh, 2 Kings chapter 2. We're going to start on verse 1, and we're going to read to verse 14. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went up with Elisha from Gigal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Bethel. But Elijah said, As the Lord lives and your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Now the son of the prophets who were with Bethel, who were at Bethel, came out to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from you, from over you, wait, your master from over you today? And he said, Yes, I know, keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me unto Jericho. But he said, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. 
Now the sons of the prophets who were with Jericho came to Elijah and said to him, Do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he answered, Yes, I know. Keep silent. Then Elijah said to him, Please, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me on to Jordan. But he said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went on and stood facing them at the distance while two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle and he rolled it up and he struck the water. And it was divided this way and that so the two of them could cross over on dry land. And so it was that when they had crossed over that Elijah said to Elijah, Ask what you may I do for you before I am taken away from you. Elijah said, Please let me have a double of your spirit be upon me. So he said, And then you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I am taken away from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Then it happened as they continued and they talked that suddenly a chariot of fire appeared with horses of fire and it separated the two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind unto the heavens. I'm going to continue to read. Let's, let's pause right there. See, Elijah receives a double portion. But he positioned himself to receive that. There's something about, the, about you want to walk in the fullness. Even when Elijah was saying, listen, stay here. He was so hungry. He was like, as long as you live, I'm going to go with you. He was persistent to position himself with Elijah. He positioned himself. So then he goes, and then Elijah goes, and he, he sees it. He sees the chariots come. And Elijah saw it, and then he cried out, My father, my father, chariots of Israel, and the horsemen. So he saw him no more. And he took a hold of his own clothes and tore them into pieces. He also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen on him and went back and stood at the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and struck the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had struck the water, it was divided this way, and Elijah crossed over. Now see, Elijah received the double portion. But this is the point I want to make out. It's powerful but that's just a picture of the fullness. The double portion is just a measure of the fullness of God. Wrap, wrap yourself around that. There was such an authority, such a power that they carried, but that was just a portion of it. You see, most of Elijah's miracles and prophecies were inclined to destruction of life and death. I mean, Elijah was powerful, man. You know, he was like, rain down fire, destroying people. 
judgment, right? Elijah was a prophet. Um, I'm sorry. And on the other hand, we had Elijah, who was, his miracles were all based on, on grace and, and life and restoration. So you see a picture of the old and the new, the double portion coming. You have judgment, and then Elisha comes, and he's a picture of what's to come. He was a picture of what's to come. Because he comes speaking life and resurrection. The shifting for him was the new mantle. It was his new season. It was a season of the double portion. It was God's grace and God's goodness. If I can get uh, Peter up here, we're going to close up just a few minutes. Uh, let's turn to 2 Kings uh, chapter 2. We're going to be in verse 19. You see... In verse two, um, chapter 2, verse 19, it says, Then the men of the city said to Elisha, Please notice the situation of this city is pleasant as my Lord sees, but the water is bad and the ground is barren. And he said, Bring me a new bowl and put salt in it. So, that, so they brought it to him, and he went out to the source of water, cast in the salt there, and said, Thus says the Lord, I have healed this water, and from it there shall be no more death, no more barrenness. So the water remains healed to this day, according to the word that Elijah spoke. You see, Elijah comes, and it's judgment and fire. Then Elijah comes, and he brings healing and restoration. Healing and restoration. He, the fullness of God brings the healing to the waters. It brings life. And it carries, oh, what? listen, it carries resurrection power. We see in 2 Kings uh, uh, 13 that Elisha dies from a sickness. But even though he dies... The fullness of God remains. The fullness of God remains. 2 Kings uh, 13, verse 20. Then Elisha died and they buried him. And the raiding bands from the Moab invading the land spring of the year, uh, in the spring of the year, so it was as they were burying a man that suddenly they, spat, they, spied, they spied a band of raiders and they put the man, listen, they're burying a man. They see the raiders coming. They got to hide. They gotta, they're trying. I know y'all are reading ahead, so you know the story. Oh, it's up there. You're messing my story up, Michael. dramatic effect is just left <laughs> but listen they're, they're hiding they see the men coming so they get the dead body and they lower him into the tomb where Elisha's laying 
And it says that as soon as his body touched the bones of Elisha, he came back to life. God, come on. Resurrection, the fullness, even in the bones. Woo, come on, man. If that doesn't stir you up. Oh, Jesus. Listen, there's a residue of heaven that overflows from the fullness. The Lord spoke to me a few years back and he said, Did you know that just one speck of my glory contains enough power to raise the dead? I never had a scripture for it, but there it is. Can you imagine that like, you're lowering the dead body? <laughs> and like you're putting him down, and he touches the body, and he's like, hey, wait a minute, no, wait. <laughs> What? <laughs> the fullness of God. Listen, the fullness of God, th this, this message can probably go for weeks. We're, not, we're just scratching it. So the question is, how do we get there? How do we get the fullness? This is, what it, this is where it's at. It was the prayer of our key verse, Ephesians 3. That was Paul's prayer as he was writing. So I'm going to close with this. Can we stand? Because I'm going to read the prayer over this house. Because see, Paul was saying, if we can get this, we will walk in the fullness. And that was his prayer. Let's just close our eyes. For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened this, night, this morning with the might through the Holy Spirit and the inner man, that Christ may dwell in our hearts through our faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, that we may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and the length and the depth and the height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. To him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we ask and think, 
according to the power that works in us. To Him be the glory and the church by Christ Jesus to all the generations forever and ever. Amen. Father, I thank you, God. I thank you for this word, God. Lord, I ask that you would seal it in our heart, God, in our spirit, Lord, that even as we leave this morning, God, we would walk away encouraged, God, hungry, God, desiring, God, more. Take us to that deeper place, God, of hunger, God. Awaken our hearts, God. Awaken us, God. To position ourselves, God. To, to see the greater glory. To be a part of the greater glory, God. To see the signs, the wonders, and the miracles, God. Lord, we position ourselves this morning, God. Lord, we, we step forward, God. And we say yes this morning. Fill us up, God. Fill us up, God. Let there be a filling this morning, God. Overflowing, God. Abundantly, God. Oh, Lord, let the overflow come. Let our shadow be the overflow, God, of your goodness, God. Oh, let your goodness come, God, right now.